0: Welcome to the People Action Results Podcast with me, Jeremy Campbell, from the Black Isle Group. In episode number two, I interview Jess Oliver. Jess, along with her rowing partner, Charlotte Harris, hold the world record for the fastest female pair to row 3,000 miles across the Atlantic. And this is without ever setting foot into a boat before. Jess is also passionate about all things Salesforce and female mentorship. Whilst roaming across the Atlantic, she also raised over 100,000 pounds for charity, supporting charities such as Women's Aid and Mind. Jess also holds an MBA from Imperial College London. We discuss the major milestones in her life and why she's pursued them. We also talk about the greatest challenges and what drives her motivation to this day. We also talk about how to make lasting and impactful change and achieving balance both professionally and personally. And lastly, we talk about how Focus on a two-hour stint helped row 3,000 miles across the Atlantic. I really hope you enjoy episode number two of the People Action Results podcast with the inspiring Jess Oliver. So today, I'm absolutely delighted to have Jess Oliver on uh, the podcast. Jess, along with her uh, rowing partner, Charlotte Harris, hold the world record for the fastest female pair to row 3,000 miles across the Atlantic. And in doing so, has raised over 100 grand for charity, including shelter, women's aid and mind. Jess holds an MBA from Imperial College. And I know that she's incredibly passionate about Salesforce. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. Jess, welcome to the People Action Results Podcast.
1: Thank you, that was quite the introduction, but thank you so much for having me.
0: Not at all, not at all. So we've got to start, right? 3,000 miles. Now the the other thing, the other caveat that I've got to throw in here as well, which is I know that we've spoken already, but is it right that you actually uh, are not a rower either?
1: no i mean to be honest with you the challenge is a rowing challenge um but it's not really about the rowing it's just about the endurance thing but no neither charlotte nor i were rowers before we knew nothing about the ocean so the whole thing was a bit of a baptism fire really but yeah no you're completely novice going into it
0: so come on so how did it come around so how, why, why and why do it
1: yeah i tell you what happened so charlotte and i are, we've always been quite sporty and we were kind of sat there one day and we said you know let's sign up for a challenge and we signed up for a charity boxing event which is where we raise money for the um, the charity mind and so we'd never boxed before and there was a three-month training program and the training was held in victoria in london and every time we went to go training we would walk past a victoria station and there'd be a quite a large homeless community there And we'd always say to ourselves you know the next thing that we do we're going to raise money for homelessness we're going to raise money for homelessness so we did the fight night. We both won our fights. And then the Monday afterwards, we were both sat there. We were a bit hungover and we just had a great party. And we thought, right, come on then. Like, What's going to be the next challenge? Charlotte works for Diageo, who owned Talisca, who sponsor the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. And so she mentioned this, this event. And I said, are you joking? Absolutely not. Said, that is a joke, Charlotte. We don't know how to row. We know nothing about the ocean. Not a chance. And I think four months later, we had told so many people that we were going to do it that we had no choice but to sign up and do it so that's what we did and we knew we were going to raise money for homelessness and we knew it was in abusive shelter and then we decided that we'd also raise money for domestic abuse as well so that's how it all came about
0: incredible so how long did i mean what tell us about the the the, the preparation the training so so there you are you haven't you haven't actually been in a boat before and now you're going, well, yeah, we'll, we'll just knock off our first
1: race with 3000 miles. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, dive in deep. I mean, the thing is we, we signed up for it in April, 2020, but because of COVID and everything like that, we actually didn't get onto a boat, onto a lake, onto an ocean rowing boat until February, 2021. So we only had about 10 months before the race, but that was fine. I mean, you know, you work things out, but really the preparation we'd signed up, we knew that there was going to be some preparation. But we didn't really understand kind of the extent of what we had signed up for. But it was huge. I mean, I kind of split the challenge into two parts now. One is getting to the start and one is the race itself. So the preparation was split again into two sections. It was split down into the campaign, into the fundraising. It's how are we going to afford this and how are we going to raise money for the charities? And then the second part of it was the certifications, the training, all the courses we had to do. Um, and learning about the equipment the weather the sea I guess everything so there was a lot to do and we didn't have that much time to do it and of course we both had full-time jobs as well and I was finishing my MBA at the time so there was a lot going on.
0: Wow that is a heck of a lot of stuff so how how did you do it how did you you know I mean generally interested in terms of the the you know the 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 prep for it How, how did you do it did you you broke it down presumably into kind of bite-sized chunk?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we broke down each section. So we looked at the campaign, the fundraising, and we broke it down into bite-sized achievable chunks and set ourselves tasks and deadlines over sort of the two-year period that we had to meet. Um, and if again, if you didn't break it down, it would have been a task, a sort of an impossible task. So yeah, we were quite sort of strict with ourselves into sort of the different milestones and who was in charge of what and when that had to be achieved. And again, the same with the training, really. It's breaking it down into... so. You know, we'd never row before, so let's get on a rowing machine. And then we engaged with like a rowing coach who sort of set us out a plan for sort of the two years. Um, so I think when you look at the sort of the two-year event getting to the start, it was really kind of iterative planning and sort of bite-sized achievable chunks. And actually that really transcribed over into the row itself, which you can kind of come on to later as well. But yeah, there was a lot of planning. I mean, the thing is, that there was a lot of learning while doing. You know, you'd, you'd get, you'd get a month down the line, you'd look back at what you achieved that month in terms of the campaign and the training, and you go, okay, well, that could have been done differently, and let's let's change that for the next month. So there was a lot of kind of learning while doing. We didn't know anything going into it really.
0: And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because if you if you kind of put that into into the workplace, you know, the the, the podcast is about um, people actions and results and if you if you put that into the workplace um i think we're all kind of guilty of not doing that actually aren't we sometimes which is actually reviewing a week a month and and saying what went well what didn't go well and and more importantly what can we learn from it and do differently i I think that's a it's a big lesson right
1: it's huge and actually that's when i look back at what i've learned throughout the whole thing with regards to that it's two it's two things i've really learned is One is that break it down, set yourself small achievable targets, achieve them and congratulate yourself for it. Because if you're looking at, say you were looking at a huge project of work, for example, and you had the end state, what you were trying to get to, if you were constantly focusing on that end state, it would be very hard to A, get there, but B, congratulate yourself and promote what you're doing throughout that journey. And the second thing that I learned from the row is actually focusing on one task or two tasks and getting those done and ticked off in their entirety before moving on to the next or before looking at the 20 things that are in front of you is much more valuable. Because I have a tendency to jump from task to task or jump from project to project and actually never getting anything done. And looking back on it now and, and coming out of the row and everything I've done today, I'm much more focused in trying to get a full, a full task complete and signed off before moving on to the next one. So Those, those are two really big things I've brought into the workplace for me.
0: There's a couple of things that I'd love to just kind of just explore a bit more on that because it, it, it comes down to that that um, and I think I might have said this before on, on the podcast, but one of my favourite books is um, uh, Essentialism by Greg McEwan and and in there he talks about um, priority and priorities and and in the last two hundred years it's only we've only actually started to have the plural of priority. How can you have priorities? You literally can't have priorities. What is your priority? And it's very similar to what you've just said, which is we're all very guilty, aren't we, of of flipping on to the next thing and sort of chasing the next thing as opposed to really getting... And it's also in another brilliant book, which is called Deep Work by Cal Newport, which is about about really focusing for 90 minutes at a time on something and getting your, your full undivided attention as opposed to... Um, what we all do tend to is we get distracted, don't we? And we're off onto something else. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's so easy to get distracted now. And actually that 90 minute point is quite poignant to this. So when we were rowing, we would row in two-hour chunks, two-hour blocks. Um, and one thing Charlotte and I said, kind of across the ocean is, gosh, you know, we're really just focusing on rowing and there's nothing else distracting us because obviously we're in the ocean. So what else can distract you? And when you're putting your whole energy into that one task, it was amazing what we could achieve. The second thing that was quite interesting is when we started rowing initially, when we sort of set off from Lagomera, we were just rowing. We were rowing our two hours and we were just rowing for the sake of rowing and just trying to get our two hours done. But when we realized actually, when it came to the world record, we worked out that if we got, if we did five miles every two hours, then we would get the world record. And actually putting that short term KPI onto those two hours completely changed the game for us. It was amazing what you could achieve when you had that goal in your head
0: wow and that's so so by just literally focusing on those those miles and nothing else so you kind of yeah. didn't have anything else distracting you it's like well you, <laughs> you didn't have much else to distract you but literally focus on that that's really what gave you the the advantage
1: yeah definitely i mean there was a few things that kind of worked for us um as a team and we actually kind of highlighted some of those things after the fact, but. It was those short-term KPIs. We had a clock, on the, a mileage clock on the outside of our boats that we would just stare at while we were rowing. It was a bit much, actually. It was quite jarring. It was all we would think about. And so you'd get on the oars and you'd see what number was there before and you would just row your heart out. And if you were looking at your watch going, I've only got 20 minutes left, instead of looking at it and going, gosh, I've got 20 minutes left, or right, I'll just get it done. You're going, I've got 20 minutes left, I've got a mile to do, and you would give it everything. So having something tangible... To achieve is easier than just rowing, I guess.
0: That's amazing, and it, and, and it is so relevant, isn't it? In in the workplace, we see it all the time with the work that we do. That you know, the, the, a program of work, we we split things down into ten um, week cycles, and then split those down into yeah. into um, weekly goals, and then daily goals, and then every day there's everyday actions. So it's specific to that particular day. Which is the same principle, ultimately, which is breaking effort big goals down into everyday actions, and, and getting absolutely obsessive about the process and not the outcome, because that's what we all do. Because we all want the we want the magic bullet, don't we? We want the one thing exactly. that's going to make all. Of it, because there's not such a thing, you know. The book, the one book that's going oh, to change my life. This book, well, it won't, because <laughs> it won't. It's, it's no,
1: it's, it's con- consistency wins. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean. If you look at the outcome, if you look at the goal, as opposed to how you're going to get there, then you're never going to get there. It's, you've got to be consistent. It's got to be easy. Not easy, but it's got, to be, it's got to be achievable within a short period of time so that you can move on to the next step. I mean, yeah, it, it's the same with anything. It's iterative. It's what do you need to do just to get to that next stage or that stage afterwards? But you're never going to be able to do it if you're looking at a goal miles ahead of you. You're just going to get demoralized. Because it's gonna, you're gonna feel like you're not getting any closer.
0: Well, who, who seriously is gonna be sitting there going, yeah, why, why, why wouldn't we row across the Atlantic three thousand miles? Yeah, of course, let's let's do it. I mean, it's, if you actually start to focus on that seriously, you you you'd probably be like, we're not doing it. <laughs>
1: yeah, but especially if you start right from the very beginning, before we even got to the start where it was three thousand miles, if you were looking at we looked right at the end, we would think, oh my gosh, not only do we have to do that, we have to raise nearly £200,000. We have to learn how to do this. We need to learn how to do that. It's too much, actually. Yeah, the end goal was Antigua, 3,000 miles of ocean, but it wasn't what we were thinking about when we started our campaign. It was what are we going to do to raise the first £5,000? What are we going to do to learn how to row? It was small steps.
0: And What do you think you, you thought of your best... I, I guess what sort of personal learns were and, and you know because obviously not everything goes right you know and obviously there, there's a there must be some times where it's like like it like in business right there are days where you just think oh my god this is just not this is just not working what what would you think your best learns were from the whole
1: I mean I to that point there was one period across it because it was it was tough and there were some really great stories from it but one thing that happened which was kind of Everyone loves to hear about it because it's the drama, isn't it? But we—it was the middle of the night. It was four in the morning. It was horrendous weather. It had been for days, and we just knew that we just knew that if anything was going to happen, it was going to be over these periods of days. It was four in the morning, and we capsized. A massive wave completely took right. us out, and we were thrown. Charlotte was thrown into the water. Obviously, we're strapped on, so we were safe to a point. Um, but it, the whole boat sort of flooded. There was water everywhere. We, you know, everything started breaking, and actually it wasn't necessarily the cap size that was the problem it was the sort of days afterwards everything was so uncomfortable our cabins were wet with seawater there was no respite on the boat and that for me was the hardest point of the row it was those four days of being uncomfortable and I had to dig really deep for those that period I remember lying in my cabin going mental strength mental strength mental strength and I think the key for me actually for anything across that ocean was you can do it you can just get it done it's it's a case of some things are completely out of your control. You can only control the controllable. We've said so many times, it is what it is. You just got to get through it. And I thought at points, I was like, oh, this is impossible. I'm not going to get through this, but you do. So now I think I'm a bit more resilient to that. Um, and I just know that some it's going to pass. And if you get bad news or if something doesn't go your way, it's going to pass. You're going to move on. You're going to iterate. And actually what will come out at the end is a really good story. So.
0: <laughs> and do you find yourself doing that do you find you know when you've got I don't know it's you, you're not having the best of days or whatever do you actually do you go back to to some of the days where you're thinking well it's not it's not as bad as when we get capsized it's just, in it's the just middle nothing. of nowhere
1: yeah it's just it I know it just it is what it is we've shot and I said that the whole time now it's like it's, some, it's I don't put my hopes on anything I try I try really hard I embrace my opportunities. If something doesn't go, if, if I really wanted something previously and I didn't, it didn't materialize for me, I would be quite, I'd feel like a failure, it, you know, it, it wasn't right. But now I look at it and go, well, that wasn't the right opportunity or no, there's a reason for that not happening. And okay, don't worry about it. Move on to the next thing and just keep moving forward. And I think a lot of that did come from the road because there were a lot of setbacks and there were a lot of sort of moments where we thought we weren't going to be able to do something or it was difficult or it was tough and it was tough. But we got through it just by being a bit nonchalant and just going, oh, you know, it is what it is, we'll move on. We can do it. Teamwork was also huge for us. That's a separate thing.
0: Yeah. So, I I mean, it just sounds like context, right? It gives you a bit of context, doesn't it? I mean, how could you not get context with such an incredible achievement? But... In everyday life, I mean, the, 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 it's just an incredible achievement, and and also, of course, the pace in which you, you did it. But it, it, it must it must be strange sometimes, doesn't it, when you kind of get back to kind of like everyday life and you sort of think, do Do you ever kind of you know sit there sometimes and think, God, do we, do we really do that? <laughs> like
1: it must- oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> we had complete imposter syndrome afterwards. I cannot tell you; it was it was it was almost like we had blocked and boxed out what we had done. So especially in Antigua, we, make, we gave ourselves zero time to process the road, not just the road, but the two years prior to that, we went straight into the party, into socializing, you know, having having fun with everyone because we'd been so focused on this over the last few years. And people were coming up to us and congratulating us. And we, we felt so embarrassed. We were like, come oh, on, you know, I wasn't that big of a deal or, you know, but what are you doing and all this? And we just didn't, we just felt like complete frauds, basically. Which was such a contrast to when we were on the ocean, because we'd be rowing our socks up and looking at each other, going, "Finally, we deserve this. We've worked so hard." And then fast forward two weeks on land, we were going, "We don't deserve this with frauds. Gosh, I wish everyone would stop talking about it." Um, but now we kind of found a happy medium.
0: Good. I'm pleased to hear it. It's, isn't it funny how we, you know. We, we, we all have that ability to give ourselves such a hard time after achieving something so incredible rather than you know we, we, it, do you think that's a British thing do you think we're kind of like we're a bit uncomfortable with the success are we a bit uncomfortable I with, think like, so yeah?
1: I think so I mean literally the second day on being on land I booked myself into two exams to start studying for because I felt like I wasn't moving forward it'd been two days since I'd finished that so it was just it was all a bit sort of wild. Um, but yeah, I think I think we definitely have a tendency to not stop and look at back at what we had just achieved, no matter how big or small it is. We're always on to the next thing. Even when we're doing something, we're on to the next thing. So it is quite nice to stop and reflect. And I think that's probably what's quite important with everyday actions is you can stop at the end of the day and just reflect. Whereas if you're three months down the line, it's very difficult to remember what you've done.
0: Yeah. And and it was just something that you said earlier, which I just want to go back to because you, when you're talking about into a business context, which is this kind of like little wins, you know, the mini wins. And actually then it goes back to what you just said, which is actually being kind with yourself because, you know, I'm not sure we're all good at that reflection on on a Friday afternoon, you know, looking back and going, well, actually... I've done some good stuff this week, but we, you know, how many of us actually really do that? Cause what we do is we say, well, here's the four things I didn't do this week. And we get really focused on that. Yeah. Rather than Actually, here's the four things I did really well this week, but I've already put those in the, all well, I've done them. And it's funny, isn't it? How we kind of ra- rather than the, the kind of little wins, which is, you know, sometimes it's good to just sort of say, well, you know, well, well done to me. Give myself a little bit of, give, give myself a break actually. Give
1: yourself yeah. a pat yeah. on the back. Yeah. I think it's that it's give yourself a break. I mean, I mean, I'm doing a project at the moment and we, we're, we're, it's, a, it's fast paced. It's really, really quick. And I'm in a team of four and we suddenly went, looked back at the work we we're doing. We're like, God, we've achieved a lot here. And we hadn't stopped over the last six weeks to even consider it. So, I mean, and again, on the ocean, Charlotte and I would set ourselves like mini, mini goals and mini tasks and the success criteria kept changing. And if we didn't meet those new goals, even though some of them were unattainable, we would really beat ourselves up over it. I mean... We thought we were going to come in 44 days, which would have been six days ahead of the world record, five days ahead of the next pair and two weeks ahead of the next female pair. So we were miles ahead and we hit undercurrents. So we were now going to come in 45 days. And um, you should have seen us on the boat. We were, we were like, we had completely ruined it. We'd failed everyone. We'd let everyone down and we would we'd just had to stop and be like, girls, just, you know, it's fine. A day late is still five days early. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, it's actually two ways of looking at it, right? It's a day late or five days early. Which one? Which one do you want to yeah.
1: choose? <laughs> exactly. And, and we were never meant to get in in forty-four days. We just decided that we would. So getting in in forty-five was it was fine. It was still good. It was great.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it's just it really is incredible. So what? I mean, I, I mean, how, what do you do next? what what's what's the next challenge?
1: I mean, we joked when we were in Antigua that you know that there are other oceans out there and and things like that but we never thought that we would actually sign up for it um but we may or may not be considering the pacific but there's always i mean mean, literally i came back i was like that's it that's the challenge done but everyone asks that question is well what are you doing next it's kind of almost an expectation that you are going to do something next i think we want to but i think let's just enjoy what we've done here for a while but I think if someone breaks our world record, we will be straight back in that boat <laughs> to the next thing.
0: And what would you, what what advice would you give others who are kind of considering maybe not rowing 3000 miles across the Atlantic, but what, what advice would you, would you give people to taking on like a massive goal like that? What, what would be your advice?
1: I, I just think it is consistency wins. I think that's the biggest thing for me that I've taken away from this. It's, If you've set yourself a goal to do something and you're worried about how you're going to get there, A, just sign up because then you've got no choice, which is what we did. And then you will work it out and you'll work it out by breaking it into those chunks and being consistent. And it's, I used to think that unless I was going to the gym for two hours every single day, then I wasn't, what was the point? There was no point. So I wouldn't go because I didn't have two hours to go. But now I'll be like, okay, well, I'll just go for 20 minutes. And it's that consistency, doing something every day, you're going to get there you're going to get to the end because you're going to just start achieving it and you're going to start increasing it and then if you have a bad day or a good day you've had a good week so sign up do it
0: that's a great piece of advice i think i think everyone's very guilty of that right which is um an hour is not good enough or two hours is not good enough and yeah exactly and, yeah and and actually doing something is good enough. But the trouble is, it's what is good enough. And it's it's that constant battle. isn't I had a, a great analogy once, which is, you know, your to your point, 20 minutes is better than two hours. But if you don't do the two hours, then you do that kind of self-sabotage thing. And it's like, it's the equivalent of having... do nothing. Yeah, do nothing. And you give yourself such a hard time. And, and <laughs> one of the analogies was, it's like having a puncture in your car... And then getting out and getting a knife and then and then putting it in the other three three tires because it's like
1: yeah exactly like that's right? like that. like you wouldn't do that you do that. that's kind of looking at it in reverse isn't it you just you wouldn't do that so
0: you'd fix the tire and then you you move on you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't then try and you know. Uh, basically make it worse and that's partly what we do right we make things worse all the time by self-sabotage yeah. by giving ourselves far too much of a hard time about not achieving and i suppose it's all about expectations isn't it and um i suppose that's the, the challenge we've all got right
1: yeah i mean i'm still guilty of doing it I, I this weekend i've said i'm absolutely not doing any work i'm not doing any work i'm not doing any revision and i'm already getting anxiety about the fact that i'm not going to be doing any work and revision so we are, we're all guilty of it, but you've got to have downtime and you've got to, you've got to enjoy what, where you are now and sort of constantly looking to the future. And that, that's something I still really struggle with. Um, but we'll get there. It's a learning process.
0: Well, yeah. And, you know, and I've said this a million times on this podcast, we're all, you know, but um, <laughs> we're we've all got so much development time ourselves haven't we we're all work in progress right no no one is perfect yeah I mean, so um like i've really enjoyed this conversation it's been brilliant let me let me just try and finish with something and and um and i'll give you a bit of time to think about this but what 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 would be the one i mean you just gave some great advice to anybody kind of wanting to do something like this which would be consistency what was the best piece of advice that you've been given in your life? What, what was the one kind of nugget from anybody that you've either heard or it might be from friends, might be family? What's the one thing that you kind of always go back to? Or what, what was the one piece of thing, one thing that really kept you going in the Atlantic?
1: I so i break that, up have answered that in two ways because and I'm glad you said, what's the one thing that kept you going? Because I've got an answer for the first and I've got an answer for the second. My first ever boss is um, a lady called Chanel McCoy. And she once said to me, um, don't hesitate make a decision and I think that was that's really helpful advice it's sometimes it is good to stand back and be analytical but not at the detriment of it being a blocker and actually just making a decision and starting and going for it um, is as good as being over analytical at the beginning because you can ideate and you can iterate but by just constantly overthinking something you're not going to move forward so I've, re- I, I've that's been really useful because I can be a little bit sort of slower and analytical. Um, But then in other times, I can be really hasty. So I think there's a balance there. And the other thick answer is what kept you going? And I think that was friends and family. So it wasn't just us on the boat. We would call home. And my mum wrote me a letter, which I was meant to open on Christmas Day, which I opened 10 days before Christmas Day. So two days into it. Um, And I read that pretty much every single day. So it is a support network and knowing who you can lean on and, and who you can kind of look for support with as well because it was kind of tough days in the boat but those are those are two two good things for me
0: that's amazing look thanks so much for giving up your time I, I'm really really appreciate
1: no thanks for having me
0: thanks so much and, and best of luck if you do <laughs> if you do make the decision to get back in the boat and do another ocean I mean you know
1: Best of I mean, luck. I absolutely see it in my future, just when. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to episode number two of the People Action Results Podcast with Jess Oliver. For more information, please visit com and follow us on our LinkedIn page, the People Action Results podcast. This is Jeremy Campbell from the Black Isle Group. Thanks for joining us and I really look forward to catching up next time.